Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So at the moment, we are in between seasons here on the show, but while we're waiting for our next official season to begin, we thought that this would be a great time to pull some of our favorite episodes out of the Girls' Night Archive. This is a great time to catch up on episodes you might have missed throughout the years or to listen to old favorites all over again. Our guests are incredible. I know that I learn something new each time I listen to an episode, even if it's one I've heard a million times before. Okay, now without any further ado, let's dive into the episode. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there, and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me, and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. 
Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So one of the things that I know was really hard for me and I think is really hard for a lot of women is asking for help. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was never any expectation that I would be the sole caretaker for these two babies, partially because I think that that's impossible. (laughs) Um, But even so... I felt a pretty intense amount of failure for not being able to take care of them by myself. Like that was never anyone's expectation for me. It was never my expectation of myself. But still, the fact that I couldn't do this on my own, like I felt bad about that. And I and I remember having a hard time asking for help or a hard time receiving help. And, and whether that looked like looking at Carl and telling him I'm tapped out, like I you know, it was really hard for me to to not have more to give. Like I felt like, I felt weak for that. Um, or whether that was like, you know, having my mother-in-law help me with the girls, which she has helped so much and still does. Like, I felt like I shouldn't need that. Or then when I remember a specific conversation when we were trying to find and hire a nanny for the girls to help us, that I felt like I should have only the bare minimum amount of help. So like if I had time to, if I had enough nanny hours that I could take a shower and take a nap, that I was being like lazy and indulgent and also that I was harming my kids by spending time away from them. So can you talk to us about how to ask for help and how not to feel guilty about it? Or I guess if we, I don't think you're going to say we should feel guilty about it. So if we shouldn't, like why? Yeah, we definitely shouldn't feel guilt about asking for help because we're human. We're not perfect. We don't have the capacity to handle everything at all times of the day, right? And you know, how often have I reminded you of stuff? You have two, you have multiples and reminded you to have grace for yourself, right? And and reminded you that this is double 
for you what it is for for a mom that's just having one one kiddo. Um, hard, equally as hard, but it looks a little bit different because there's two, right? We've talked about that a lot. And for any of your listeners that are moms of multiples, they'll they'll totally understand and be able to resonate with that. I'm sending but you guys all also, a hug. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. But, you know, as far as asking for help goes, the first thing I think that we have to do is extend that grace to ourselves. of it is okay that I cannot do all of this. It is okay that I have to have my basic needs met, like taking a shower and eating and sleeping. It is okay. And if we ask for help in order to meet those needs, guess what? You're setting yourself up for success. It's not setting yourself up for failure. It's setting yourself up for success because you're going to be a much more present mom, a much more present partner, a much more present friend, daughter, granddaughter. The list goes on and on and on and on because you've met those basic needs, right? Mm -hmm. It's not selfish to uh, take a shower. It's not selfish. It is not selfish at all. It is not selfish to hydrate your body. It is not selfish to feed yourself a nourishing meal. Those are things that we actually have to, to be doing in order to be performing at capacity. If we're not, then we're not going to be able to do any of the things that our baby wants and needs for us to do, right? Or our partner or ourselves. So let's, let's remember that. Basic needs are not a luxury. Basic needs are basic needs, okay? Put that on a t-shirt. Right? Honestly, I would wear it. Yeah. <laughs> basic needs are not a luxury. Exactly. They're basic needs. Yes. And it's never, 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 never selfish of you to ask for help so that you can go take a shower, especially if you haven't taken one in three days. That's never selfish. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. Asking for help, extending grace to yourself first. That's the key, I think. And just reminding yourself, it's okay. We all need help sometimes. And, you know, your partner's going to need to ask you for help on another day. And guess what? It's just the way life is. It's totally normal. It's totally okay. Yeah. Do you, we've talked about this a lot, that there's sort of this idea that having your kids with anyone but you is like second Mm -hmm. best. Or it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like plan B. But I think that the way that Mm -hmm. I felt about about it, and this is totally subconscious. Like, I don't actually feel this way at all. I I, I haven't been raised this way. I haven't mm-hmm. been given any explicit messages like this. And if I had, I'd be like, that's not true. Um, yeah. But I think I still have this like weird gut feeling that like plan A is that my girls are with me, that I'm the one taking care of them at all times. Yeah. And then to have them with anybody else is like plan F. Like it's, it's yeah. not just second best. Yeah, yeah. It's like way, way less mm-hmm. good, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Is that true? <laughs> 1000% no, it's not true at all. Um, it's actually really helpful for our kids to be able to be with uh, another adult, appropriate adult, right? When that is safe, a safe, appropriate adult. And um, it's really, really helpful. Why is that helpful? Well, we want to raise really well attached, securely attached humans. That's what we want. And um, that are well-rounded and that have a really beautiful view of all different things of life, right? But a way that we can set our kids up to grow up to be um, securely attached individuals is by allowing them the opportunity to be with other people that are taking care of them. So having a nanny take care of them, sending them to daycare, sending them to school, all of these things are really appropriate for their emotional development. Talk to me about, because we've talked about this a lot too, talk to me about secure attachment. What is, 
Because it would seem like for a kid to be really attached, that means that they are like always on your hip. Like, Mm-hmm. But that's not mm-hmm. what you're talking about. That's not the kind that's of attachment. Exactly right. No, 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 no. We actually don't want our kids to always be attached to our hips and to start crying the minute that we put them down or uh, that dad takes them or grandma takes them, right? Sometimes it's developmentally appropriate. Like, let's say that. Let's normalize that. Looking at you, Annie and Quinn, right now. <laughs> <laughs> they love their mama so much. <laughs> they really that's do. That's appropriate. <laughs> it's totally appropriate. We're going to go through cycles where they need dad or they need mom or they can't leave each other's side. That's normal. It's it's okay. I'm talking about if it is that way for every single time that uh, you go to put them down and they start screaming, then we we want to look at some things that maybe we need to tweak within um, the parent-child relationship. It doesn't mean that you're loving your kid wrong or anything like that. It's just maybe we need to really focus on that attachment piece. So what does it mean to be securely attached? It means that Mom's going to leave their room, uh, if there's an, an adult there, uh, dad or grandma or a friend or a nanny, whatever. Mom's going to leave the room. Your kid's going to be like, it's going to notice. Huh, mom left. Okay, well, I'm going to keep playing with my blocks. And then mom comes back. Oh, hey, mom, look what I did while you were gone. That's a securely attached kid. Um, one that's not breaking down every time that mom leaves the room. And once again, there are seasons where that's 100% developmentally appropriate, But we don't want that to be happening every single time. What we really want our kids to know is somebody that loves me is going to go away, but they're going to come back. So I don't need to worry about where did they go? Where did they go? Are they coming back? I don't need to be anxious about that. Yeah. Okay. I really love that. Yeah. The girls are totally Mm -hmm. in it. They're coming out of it a little bit, but they're in a moment where, or the last, I would say like month or so, where they just, just want to be with me. Uh, but it is starting to fade a little bit and they're yeah. they're remembering how much they love Carl and that and mm-hmm. really they usually if we drop them off someplace where they you know with their grandparents or you know if they're with a nanny they cry when I leave but then mm-hmm. they get over it pretty quickly and start exactly blocks so exactly yeah. yeah and that's that's very very common and that's what we want to see mm-hmm. like overall it's a good thing for our kids to be taken care of by different safe adults not just by us absolutely yeah. For sure. It absolutely is. Mm-hmm. And I mean, your girls, I know your girls, I don't know your listeners' kids, and they're just such a delight. Why would you not want to share that delight with other people, with your nanny, with their grandparents, with your friends, right? And that's an, that's another way to look at it. You're sharing your kid who brings so much joy to your life and is really precious and does all of these cute, lovely little things. You're sharing that with somebody else and that's going to bring joy to somebody else's life. Yeah. yeah, it is cool because I feel like they get to, they learn so many things and so many different things from the different adults that they have in their lives. Mm-hmm. And it's like when one person is tapped out or like if they were with me and Carl all day, of like we both still have to work, you know, like a, yeah. you're the most, at least one of the adults in your house has to, has to work in order for you guys to like eat, which means mm-hmm. that they have a lot on their plate, which means they're not really the most fun to be around for a kid. Like answering emails isn't fun for me, let alone for my girls. And so it is, it's so fun to hear about all the things that they are doing at, at, you know, Carl's parents' house or the things that they're doing with their nannies or to get pictures Mm -hmm. of what they're up to. And they're having such a better time, honestly, than they would if they were with me all day. Yeah. Hearing hearing their little squeals in the background while you are, uh, checking your email, right? That's just really darling. It's so fun. It's a moment of joy in your day. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, you know, speaking of getting work done, one of the things that we've talked about a lot is what it looks like to be a working parent. Mm -hmm. And 
Can you talk to us a little bit about just really anything that you have for for parents as they're either headed back to work for the first time after having their their baby or anything you have for just working parents in general? I know that there's a lot of, it's a lot to have on your plate all at once, especially mm-hmm. if you're like, you already had a full plate and then you have a baby and now you have like four full plates that you're trying to balance. Right. Yeah. So two things come to mind here. One is some women and some dads are really excited to get back to work. And that is fantastic. So let's celebrate that. Not everybody has the story of, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to leave my babies and go back to work. And I don't want to. I just want to stay at home all day. If that's your story, that's great. That's fantastic. But let's remember that's not everybody's story. And so for a lot of women, like I said, it's really exciting for them to be able to get back into to their career, get back into the workforce. Now for for those women and those men that it's it's maybe a little bit harder for them, that's okay. Feel your feelings. That's the thing. The first thing I like to say, it's hard. Sure. Yeah. You're going to miss your kid. Absolutely. And that's okay. Let's talk about those feelings. Let's give you the space that you need to just really sit in your sadness or your anxiety or whatever it is that you're feeling in that moment. Odds are it's a lot of things. Um, But let's give you some space to sit in that and feel those things and recognize this is normal it's appropriate. It means that you really love your kid, which is really what we want to hear at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's okay to be sad. From there, you know, we still have to go do the thing. You're dropping your kid off at the nanny or at daycare for the first time. One thing that I really like to tell my clients is like plan something you can look forward to right after that. So maybe it's you you get yourself a special latte from Starbucks or you go to your favorite local bakery and pick up your favorite treat, right? Or maybe it's not food related at all. Maybe you go to a yoga practice afterwards, but just save something that you can have to look forward to right after that drop off. odds are it's going to be really challenging. If you're already not looking forward to going back to work and then you're having to take your baby to nanny, daycare, grandparents, whoever's going to be responsible for them, that's a hard transition. So if we have something to look forward to on the other side of that, it's not going to negate all of the sadness or whatever it is you're feeling, but it is going to be just a little dopamine hit is what Mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. 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 Just a little pick me up. Yeah. And then from there, just give yourself time to get into rhythms, getting into uh, what's helpful and not helpful as far as logistically speaking. You know, maybe the mornings are super chaotic. So, okay, well, let's look at your evening. What can we do at night to better prepare you to have a smooth transition in the morning? Um, anything that you can do to extend that kind of kindness to yourself to make however the morning needs to go to make that a little bit easier. That's really what we need to focus on from, from there. After we've given you the space to let you feel your feelings and acknowledge what, whatever's going on emotionally. Okay, well, now let's look at logistics here. What needs to happen to set you up for success to do the drop off and then to get to work? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I really like that. Mm -hmm. One of the things, and I've thought about this in like a whole bunch of different seasons of life, but this is something I think about a lot when it comes to the girls and when it comes to work is I think that we can either, like there's a world in which every time I go to work, I'm thinking about the babies. And then every time I'm with the babies, I'm thinking about work. And it feels like that, like no matter what's happening in life, there's my physical body is in a place and my mind is in a place. And it feels like in that scenario, my mind and my physical body are always disconnected. Um, And so it means I'm never mentally present where I physically am. Mm. Something that I've tried to do in in seasons of life, and I mean, this is so much of what like my Every Single Life course is about, is try to be 
mentally and emotionally and spiritually and everything present where like my actual body is. Yeah. Because there will be a time to be in another place also. And so when I'm with the girls, I really, really try to just be there, to like savor it, to be there with them, to play with them, to to just have my mind and my body in the same place and to give them the best of what I have. And then when I'm at work, trying to do the same with my work, because I just feel like it doesn't benefit anybody for them to get my body, but not my mind. And um, so that's, I don't know, that's just, I don't know if that's helpful for anybody, but that's just sort of a discipline that I've been trying to cultivate for years now of just mentally being where my body is. Mm -hmm. And it just feels so much better to know, like, if I miss the girls during my work day, then I can go, okay, well, I'm going to see them tonight. And when I see them, I'll really be there with them. Or, you know what, like, I need to get this done tomorrow, but I have a block of time scheduled to do this thing. And when I'm there, like, I'm really going to be thinking about it. I'll really be just totally present there. So yeah, I don't know if that's, I don't know if anyone else can resonate with that, but that's been really helpful to me. Mindfulness. Yeah, that's fantastic stuff. Yeah. Uh, the practice of mindfulness, uh, there's there's a reason why it's kind of a buzzword. It's because it works. It's really important and it works. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I don't think I put that together. That's what that is. Yeah. You're totally right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so something I know a lot of women feel is guilt. I think it's just this really common and really accepted. It's like, it's almost like, uh, here's your like free gift with purchase. (laughs) It's like, here's your baby and here's the guilt that will automatically come with them. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about guilt. Like, how do we stop feeling like we're not doing enough, being enough, being around enough? Mm -hmm. Or like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I just feel like, Mm -hmm. how do we find some peace from that guilt? Yeah. I think that's a lifelong for everyone, regardless if it's mom guilt, dad guilt, or just in general guilt. It's a lifelong thing to, to navigate. And one thing that I, I, I like to really distinguish two things, shame versus guilt. Are we feeling guilt or are we feeling shame? Shame tells us that we are a bad person. Guilt tells us that, oh, we've done something bad. Are we feeling shame? If you're feeling shame for leaving your kid uh, to go to work or to go meet up with a girlfriend for coffee, and that we actually need to look at a little bit more in detail. That's when someone such as myself, another therapist would be really, really helpful to like unpack that a little bit because that's telling me that there's some other things going on internally and mentally that that are not awesome. And then uh, you need some, you deserve some relief from that. Mm-hmm. But with guilt, you know, it, it tells us that, oh, you're doing something bad. You need to rethink this behavior right here. And what's tricky about that is it's not bad to leave your kid. In some scenarios, maybe, but the most part, for the most part, right? It's not bad to leave your kid. You're doing some, you're doing them a favor. You're doing yourself a favor so that when you finally do come back together at the end of the day or at the end of the afternoon or whatever, you're enjoying each other. You're able to be fully present with each other. Mom guilt is just a thing that we're going to have to navigate. And there's no completely eliminating it. It's all about, okay, I'm feeling this way. Let me acknowledge right now I'm feeling guilt. Why do I feel guilt? Well, I'm feeling guilt because I really, I've missed my kid a lot this week and I've been spending a lot more hours at work this week and I'm feeling really sad about that. Okay, well, instead of guilt, like let's sit in that sadness, right? Let's let's sit in that for a minute and let's just acknowledge, I really miss my kid and I really wanna just play with my kid for the afternoon. Okay, well, maybe can we schedule a time next week for you to take the afternoon off of work and you pick your kid up early from school or daycare and then just go have ice cream 
go to the playground, go sit at home and snuggle up under a blanket and read stories, right? So let's look at why we're feeling the guilt. And then from there, do whatever we need to do to, uh, to kind of address that in a more specific way. Does that make sense? Yes. I like that so much because it's not just letting your feelings run the show. It's like having mm-hmm. them like almost like account for themselves. So yeah. I think when we think of mom guilt, it's I think most of the time it's shame. And it's this mm-hmm. shame that says that we're not a good mom or that we're not enough. And mm-hmm. to just like accept that that's a thing is crazy because that's not a thing. It's not true at all. And it shouldn't be allowed to like walk around like it is true. So so stopping it and going, hey, like what is actually happening here? And then, yeah, there is sadness when you miss your kids or sadness when you don't get to be or do the things that you want to be or do for your kids. But also like responding to that instead of just believing the first thoughts that you're failing or you're not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. The first thought uh, is important. The first thought is always important. So let's always acknowledge that. But then we get to decide from there, what am I going to do with this thought? Am I going to sit in it? Am I going to dwell in it? Am I going to stew in it? Or I can acknowledge it and I can say, okay, yeah, I feel guilt or I feel sad or I feel really frustrated with myself because I was really short-tempered with my kid. Okay, well, what are we going to do to rectify that? Then we get to decide what do we do with that emotion. So let's not discount that first thought or that first emotion. And let's not uh, label that as bad. Um, It's not. It's an automated thing that is just going to happen. But it's what we do with it next. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. What do we do next? That's the thing that that really we want to focus in on. Yeah. Okay. This is like totally tied to this, but one of the things that I've learned from you that has been so helpful is I and I think I'm, I'm gonna call it the wrong thing, but like the repair cycle and yeah, how okay. like I feel like there's this feeling that you have to be perfect. That if you like, what if you do it? You snap at your kids and you feel really bad about it, and you feel like, oh my gosh, have I ruined everything because I was frustrated and hungry and snapped at my kids? Mm-hmm. Um, but you've talked to me about something about like. As, as long as you can get through the repair of it, mm-hmm. that that is really good. Can you talk to us about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's just go with this example of you're really frustrated and you snapped at your kid. Okay, it happened. Ugh, it feels terrible that it happened. And also you're human. You have your own range of emotion outside of your kid, right? And you're never going to be the perfect parent. Okay, so what are we going to do about that? We can sit in that, we can stew, we can ruminate, oh my gosh, I'm the worst mom ever. I can't believe I snapped at my kid when all that he or she was doing was asking me for a hug. We can sit and stew in that or we can do an action. We can go to our kid and we say, I'm so sorry. Mama was really frustrated in that moment. I would love to give you a hug because I love you. I see you and you're important to me. And also mama sometimes has really big feelings just like you have really big feelings. That's the repair, right? And so what is that doing? It's repairing that relationship with your kid or not relationship, but just uh, the little the little wounding that's happened. And um, that's a more appropriate way to say that. Um, it's repairing that little wounding that's happening. And also it's teaching your kid a really valuable life skill of, guess what? I'm going to mess up sometimes, but that's okay. Because if it's a safe, secure relationship, I can go back to that person and I can say, hey, I'm really sorry that I did this thing that hurt you. Can I, can I offer you uh, that apology and then uh, receive forgiveness on the other end of that, right? So it's important. It's not like let's dismiss and act like this didn't happen and then everybody will get over it. No, that's going to cause more harm down the road. 
let's address it head on and just admit, you know what? I didn't present my best to you and I'm really sorry for that. Can you forgive me for that? That's the actual repair. That's also aiding into the um, that attachment piece that we were talking about earlier. That's another thing that really helps build that stable, solid, secure attachment um, style. And that's like even more, like I might not be even, this might not be true the way I'm saying it, but like, that's a beneficial thing. It's, that's not second best yeah. to being a perfect parent, oh. right? Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, for so many reasons, you're being honest with your kid of, I have faults and I have moments where I'm not going to be perfect. And also, I'm really sorry when I hurt your feelings. That is never my intent to hurt your feelings because I love you deeply. Yeah. Because you're, yeah. well, and your kid's not going to get to be a perfect person either. And so if they exactly. think that that's like the expectation, then that's mm-hmm. a really hard thing to live up to instead of being like, hey, when you're imperfect, because you will be, here's how you handle it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Like that's that. such a great point, Steph. Yeah. 